Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Ahi D, and today's guest is Jordan Peterson talking about suffering. I chose this episode because most of us are suffering through life. We're not living it, we're just suffering. We're bitter, and we're only focused on what we're not doing. We end up having higher anxiety, higher stress, and higher mental chaos because of it. And to use one of Dr. Jordan Peterson's favorite words, I believe having a purpose is the antidote to it. A sentence without a purpose is something someone doesn't want to read, nor do they understand, or do they even want to listen to it. And life is the same way, so make sure you have a purpose and focus on it. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd also like to thank listener I Love Chess for your latest review. Reviews, good or bad, keep me motivated. The bad ones help me know what I need to focus on, and the good ones just let me know that others were motivated. So if you are motivated or you want me to improve on something, drop a review at the link in the description. Now enjoy the show. So one of the things I've been talking to my audiences about is the relationship between responsibility and meaning, which mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, what would you say, it's a, it's a constant refrain in the book. It's mm-hmm. one of its underlying um, um, messages, let's say, or themes is a better way of thinking about it. Um, you know, if, if you start with the presumption that there's a baseline of suffering in life and that that can be uh, exaggerated by, as a consequence of human failing, as a consequence of malevolence and betrayal and self-betrayal and deceit and all those things that we do to each other and ourselves that we know that aren't good, that amplifies the suffering. That's sort of the baseline against which you have to work. And, and, and it's contemplation of that often that makes people hopeless and depressed and anxious and overwhelmed and yeah. all of that, and, and, and they have the reasons. But you need something to put up against that. And what you put up against that is meaning. Meaning is actually the instinct that helps you guide yourself through that catastrophe. And most of that meaning is to be found in the adoption of responsibility. So if you think, for example, if you think about the people that you admire, well, you think about when you have a clear conscience first, because that's a good thing to aim at, which is something different than happiness, right? Um, A clear conscience is different than happiness. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. That's you're not better. Like guilting yourself, you're not feeling bad about yourself. That's right. You feel yeah. that you've justified you've justified your existence, yeah. right? And so you're not waking up at three in the morning in a cold sweat thinking about all the terrible things that you've involved yourself in. Mm. What you, you know, said to someone that you shouldn't have said, mm-hmm. or how you acted, or mm-hmm. lied, what or opportunity deceit. you lost, or or, mm-hmm. or 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 yeah, or or the things that you've that you've let go that you should have capitalized on, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so, if you think about the times when you're at peace with yourself with regards to how you're conducting yourself in the world, it's almost always conditions under which you've adopted responsibility, mm. right? At least the most, the most guilt I think that you can experience perhaps is the sure knowledge that you're not even taking care of yourself so that you're leaving that responsibility to other people because that's pretty pathetic and I, unless you're psychopathic. And, you know, and, and you're living a parasitical life. And, mm. and that, that characterizes a very small minority of people. 
and an even smaller minority think that's justifiable. But most of the time you're in guilt and shame because you're not, you're, you're not, not only are you not taking care of yourself, let's say, so someone else has to, but you're not living up to your full potential. And so there's an existential weight that goes along with that. So, so you suffer even more mm-hmm. when you don't take care of yourself or take the best actions or do the work that you know you can do and mm-hmm. you rely on someone else to support you financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, whatever, you know, home, whatever it may be. Yeah, well, because you're, you're not only not being what you could be, you're interfering with someone else being what they could be, right? So you're, you're, you're not only a void, you're a drain. Right. Jesus, that's a catastrophe. And but we usually don't even know it when, when we're in that situation because mm-hmm. we're in a depressed state or we're... Or we don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you wake up at three in the morning and you know. And so, and then you think of the people that you... So you admire yourself or perhaps you can at least live with yourself when you're taking responsibility, at least for yourself. And so that settles your conscience. But then if you look at the people that you spontaneously admire, and so the act of spontaneously admiring someone is the manifestation of the instinct for meaning, right? And this is partly why people are so enamored of sports Mm -hmm. figures, because the sports figures are playing out the drama of attaining the goal, of attaining a certain kind of, let's say, psychological and physical perfection in pursuit of the goal. That's the drama. And to spontaneously admire that is to have that instinct for meaning latch onto something that can be used as a model. And then that model should be transcribed into something that's applicable in life. You know, and you really like to see... In an athletic performance, you really like to see someone who's extremely disciplined and, and, in, mm-hmm. and in shape do something physically remarkable but, and, and to stretch themselves even beyond their previous exploits because you really like to see a brilliant move yes. in, in an athletic match. But you also like to see that person ensconced in a broader moral framework so that not only are they trying to win and disciplining themselves in pursuit of that victory and then stretching themselves so they're continually getting better but they're doing it in a way that helps develop their whole team and that's mm. good for the sport in general and that reflects well on right. the broader culture. They're a great leader right. in their team. They're positive. They're good uh, sportsmen against the competitors. Yeah. They're not negative towards the other people. They're lifting them up too. Yeah. Like the ultimate that's right. so that human. They, that's right. So that they can, they can work for their own improvement in a way that simultaneously works for the improvement of their team and, that, and, and for the sport. And, well, mm. and then to the degree that that spills over into the broader culture, so much the better. Right. So that's all being dramatized in, a, in an in a th- athletic event. And it's really, it's not philosophical, it's concrete, right? It's dramatized in the world, and that's what the games represent. And so, well, and it's partly because, well, in some sense, life is a game. It is. It is in that you're always, the, the analogy is that in, in life, like in sports, you're, you're, you're setting forth a name and then arranging your perceptions and your actions in pursuit of that and that you also generally do it while cooperating and competing with other people right. so that's also the game-like element as well all yeah. of that's dramatized in athletics yeah that's like philosophy for people who aren't philosophical and i'm not being smart about that yeah. you know? it's like it really is philosophy for people who aren't being philosophical because it's played out you know and you can see it too. You can see the spontaneous appreciation for the human spirit manifest itself when you see people rise to their feet spontaneously mm-hmm. in a sports arena when they see someone do something particularly remarkable. See an athlete who's extremely trained stretch themselves beyond what you'd think is a normative human limit. And yeah. everyone celebrates that like spontaneously. So it's quite something to, yeah. to behold. 
And so taking back to responsibility and meaning yeah. <clears throat> when we're watching sports or someone do this act, what does this do for us with, in terms of responsibility and meaning? Well, it, 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 it helps us figure out what we can imitate. Gives us a model. Right? Yes, it's a model. Right? Here's a model of something that I respect. Mm-hmm. Well, even what philosophy is, or even theology for that matter, is an abstract model. Like it's laid out in words. Now, the problem often is, is it becomes so abstract that people don't know how to bring it back down to, to, to embodiment. Yeah. Yes. Whereas something like, like the drama of a sports event is sort of midway between philosophy and action, right? Mm. It's, so it's, it's not entirely abstracted because it's not only coded in words. It's acted out. It's visual. You can see mm-hmm. an example of what just happens, mm-hmm. and you can try to reverse engineer how they mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, exactly. Well, at, le- at least you, the fact that you admire the person means that you might start to try to act like them. Now, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And maybe that, would mean, maybe that would mean that you start to discipline yourself with regards to a particular sport. But it might also be that you start to mimic or are at least affected in some way by their, their sportsman, sportsman-like behavior, right? Yeah. Which is the ground of a certain kind of ethic because if you can play well with others which is sort of the hallmark of a good sport then that actually means that you're a reasonably sophisticated and civilized person it's really important to learn to play well with others there isn't yeah. that's the ground of ethics and if you can do it there in that setting then hopefully you could translate it into life well, setting well right that's exactly right that's, that's what the goal you, well that's what you hope for right. yeah that's the goal of the so if the if the goal of the game is to put the ball through the ball into the net then the goal of having games is to produce people who can take proper aim no matter where they are right that's exactly what we're trying to do with mm-hmm. with 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 athletics so uh, uh so i've been talking to my audiences a lot about that about the and well and there's more to it too because if the background of life is is there's a there's an ineradicable component of suffering and that's complicated by let's say malevolence and the proclivity of people to betray themselves and others which which complicates it and makes it worse then the if you don't have a noble aim and 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 if that isn't imbuing your life with sustainable meaning then you fall prey to all the catastrophe the pain and the anxiety and the anger that that suffering generates and that makes you bitter because what i'm hearing you say is that and correct me if I'm wrong, we must have an aim in our life no matter what stage of life we're Mm -hmm. in. And if we don't have some type of aim, even if Mm -hmm. for a few months of an aim of going somewhere or direction, Mm -hmm. we're going to, the suffering is going to be even more suffering. Mm -hmm. Pointless. Because we're already going to face the greatest challenges in life. That's right. You're stuck with We're already struggling. That's right. There's no way out of Adversity is coming no matter what. That's right. If we have big goals or Mm -hmm. small little goal or whatever it may be, but it's going to be less suffering if we mm-hmm. have an aim. Yeah, well, and, and not only that, it's worse than that even because the suffering is <laughs> pain. zero meaning. Well, yes. the suffering is pain and the suffering is anxiety and uncertainty and the suffering is hopelessness. But the consequence of all that is that you get bitter. And when mm. you get bitter, you get mean and you get cruel and you start to hurt yourself and other people. So it's not only that if you don't have a goal, you suffer. It's that you, if you don't have a goal, you suffer and then you get cruel and bitter and resentful and then you start to actively try to make the world a worse place. Mm. And so, so because you can't <clears throat> suffer pointlessly without becoming bitter and you can't become bitter without becoming cruel. So you need an aim. And the question is, then the question of course is aim. what you should aim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a better aim, that's for sure. <laughs> so then the question is, what should your aim be? 